This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome to the Oakshade Podcast with me, Dan the Fitness Man, your host, Welcome to season five. Here we go. This podcast is brought to you by discipline, delayed gratification, and being accountable to yourself. This podcast is about finding the high road, working hard every day, creating the best possible version of yourself. Our values are faith, family, fitness, finances, elk hunting, and career. Our guiding principles are authenticity, transparency, and out hustling the competition. Our podcast is brought to you by Buck Knives, Onyx Hunt, Vortex Optics, Wilderness Athlete, Black Rifle Coffee Company, Crispy USA, Matthews Archery, Kufaru International, and BlackOvis.com. Elk Shape Podcast with me, your host, Dan the Fitness Man. What's up? Today's a bonus cast sitting down recording across the table, none other than producer Tim, a.k.a. Tim Connor, TC Golf Doc, the main man behind the Elk Shape YouTube channel, which continues to grow and thrive. And I want to tell you right now, we're going to be discussing uh, a recent hunt in Alaska. I want to break it down for you because I want you to go do this hunt. I want you to go fish and hunt 20 hours a day in the spring 2023 or 2024. Hell, we might even give this hunt away again next year. I don't know the details yet, but regardless, it's affordable. It's an amazing adventure trip. Y'all need to get to Alaska. We are going to break down the hunt, and this is also going to be on our YouTube channel two different ways. This podcast will be on the channel, so if you want to just watch it and listen, great. If you want to just listen, stay tuned. If you want to go back and watch the actual film that we made from Alaska, go to our YouTube channel and check that out. It's uh, it's some of our best work, and it's pretty hard to screw things up when you're in the most beautiful place ever. 
that uh, one of the best destinations I've ever been to. So we're going to break that down for you. Let's do uh, let's pay some bills real quick. So, hey. We have a discount code for the Elk Collective. This is like the most important time of year. This is crunch time. This is when you're going to cram for the test. The test is elk hunting is hard, regardless of how good you are, how seasoned, how experienced. You need to be cramming for the test. Doping your weapon, doping your body, doing the e-scouting, creating the plans. You can control all that that you do inside the four walls of your office, of your gym, of your house, your food prep. What kind of body are you going to take to the field? Once you get there, you can't e-scout in the mountains. You can't practice shooting very much when you're elk hunting day in and day out, dark to dark. You can't hunt your way into shape, although some people say that you can. You can't get your mental ready while you're there. So separations in the preparation. Go to theelkcollective.com. Enter this discount code, Elkshape Podcast, all one word. Takes 20 bucks off your annual membership. Black Ovis is also another great company that we're teaming up with at the Elk Collective. We're giving away $5,000 for a shopping spree. Go to the Elk Collective website or Instagram or Black Ovis's one of those, and there's a landing page. All you got to do is enter to win. That's it. No purchase necessary. Now, if you're a current member of the Elk Collective, $2,500 gift card for you. If you're not a member of the Elk Collective yet, $2,500 gift card to you to spend on blackovis.com. And you can still use my discount code ELKSHAPE to take 10% off so you can get more stuff for your $2,500. Maybe it's in a complete set of a clothing system or going to lighter gear for the backcountry. I, I try to upgrade equipment. Or maybe it's that spotting scope or binoculars you've always wanted. That money will go a long way, so check that out. Black Rifle Coffee Company is doing that thing where you can get coffee sent to your doorstep and you can schedule how much and how often it comes to your door. I do once a month on the first of every month. I get about six bags of coffee. I have probably between two and three cups of coffee every day. I like supporting Black Rifle Coffee Company because they're pro 2A. They're so super pro American and, and they're all hunters. So get behind them if you're into that. Baku just had a Memorial Day sale a couple weeks back. Right now you can get a discount code. It's Elk Shape. Takes $300 off an e-bike. They have the storm. They have the mule. That's what you're going to want is the mule. You want to get a thousand water if you're heading out west. If you want to, I've been using my e-bike a ton this spring, cruising logging roads, looking for bears, literally with the wind in my face. They can't hear the bike. I've seen several bears that way. I've gotten a few stocks. I just haven't quite yet put it all together here in the Northwest, but I am trying and bow hunting is hard. Crispy just launched all their new boots. Check them out. The Laponia 2s, the new upgrades to the Colorados. Those are the two things I'm focused on getting. Um, I've been running the Laponia 2s all spring. They do not look brand new anymore, and they're awesome. Kufaru just came out with the Hellbender. That's probably better than the Striker XL or the Striker. It's kind of best of both worlds. I have that set up, but my tried and true is the Hoodlum. Uh, I've been running the 22 Mag this spring quite a bit, bear hunting, but I, I got to be honest, for me and my system, the hoodlum just pairs nicely um, for expedition type hunts, you know, five to seven days down to day hunting. Uh, I can keep a lot of gear and camera gear in there and I can stow it in a way to where I'm very efficient. Spy Point Trail Cameras just came out with dual SIM cards. Go to spypoint.com and check out the latest and greatest. I like trail cameras for a couple of reasons. Cameras for me save me time. 
my time in the summer is not about hunting. It's about spending as much time as possible with my young family and making memories because I'm leaving them in the fall and they know it. I know it. And so summer short. So I don't get the opportunity to go run around the hills and scout early mornings and evenings. and cover. I put out a few cameras. Some of them are cellular. Some of them are not. I let them soak. Generally a full year. I go get them. I got a couple in Montana I'm going to go get. I put out last year. Haven't seen what's on there. And that's going to help me determine animal density, inventory, behavior, uh, predator inventory. Uh, just kind of be a biologist and it helps just kind of put pieces of the puzzle together. That's it. Wilderness Athlete just ordered about six more tubs of Hydrate Recover because my wife taps into my supplement stores. Hydrate Recover, the new hero, which is like the Superman, which is energy and focus and Hydrate Recover paired. Uh, get the trail packs now ahead of time for the fall. Vortex Optics, we're just running the new, they have like three different types of rangefinders. Uh, the Razor, the Viper, one other kind I can't remember, but the Viper is actually the one I'm running. I like that one the best. It has the fastest display. I like the display. It's got your angle, your pitch. You can do all sorts of fancy. Vortex makes great stuff. And you have that awesome VIP warranty. If you run it over, if it burns down in your house, if you break it, they'll fix it. Even if you didn't buy it from them. If maybe you bought it from a buddy used, they still honor that warranty. And they're veteran-owned, need I say more. Matthews Archery. I'm still running the 29 as my primary. I have the 33 set up as a target bow. It's putting out lasers. Probably going to use the 33 at TAC. Probably going to use the 29 at TAC. Just one each day to see which one does better. But I hunt with the 29. It's just way more compact. I shoot smaller bows better. Buck Knives USA. Just quickly what I use in my pack. I have a skinning knife because I want to skin the animals first and foremost. So been using that 113 it's called the Ranger Skinner Knife. Uh, I also pair that with kind of like a deboning type knife. And uh, that's a 105 Pathfinder Knife uh, or the 119 Special Knife. You can look those up on their web uh, website, bucknives.com. They're out of Post Falls. That's like 15 minutes from my house. Great people. Great history. Made in the U.S. Um, running real knives, not like Havilon type stuff after my accident in 2020. Um, scalpels are just too much varsity for me, and I hunt too much solo to make another mistake. So been running buck knives, and I'm proud to support them. Onyx Hunt Elite Membership, discount code ElkShape, 20% off. Uh, you're going to get, uh, obviously, all 50 states. You're going to be able to go online from your desktop, go 3D, do your e-scouting, as well as have those waypoints transferred to your phone, download your maps ahead of time for offline, and all the tools that you've grown to love from Onyx. But also, you're going to get the Elite Membership, which gives you access to Top Rut, so you can obviously access their draw odds, download any of their maps for Google Earth, as well as access to Hunt and Full, their digital publication, and all their resources and hunt reminder so a lot of good stuff going on there and then finally numa outdoors discount code elk shape 20 check out the new pathfinder pant legitimate my favorite pant of all time for everyday wear and i've been wearing it hunting a little bit as well also my go-to pant for hunting is the pursuit pant they got 
They got the new Durango fleece pullover. Uh, you can get it in tan or olive, and uh, I would order one size bigger and wear it as kind of like your outside uh, layer. Stays super warm and it's not baggy. It fits very athletic and uh, keeps you dialed for hunting. Been using that all spring. And finally, one more thing: sheep feet. Month of June, instead of ten percent off using the discount code Oak Shape, bump that up to twenty percent off this month only June. Also, three people are going to win some Razor 60 by 85, 10 by 42, and the Rangefinder 3000 combos to three winners. So we got some Vortex Optics on the line, plus your sheet feet. Discount code ELKSHAPE takes 20% off month of June only. Get after it. Get them in your boots. That's all I got. Let's get to it with Mr. Tim Connor, and let's break down this Alaska adventure. Again, you can watch this podcast on our YouTube channel, and you definitely need to watch our film. It's live on the channel. Go watch it. It's about a 35-minute video. I think it's some of our best work to date. Please subscribe. Without further ado, you listen to the Elk Shape Podcast, Tim Connor, Dan Staten. Here we go. 15 minutes of Alaska love. How'd this trip come to be, Dan? Jared Lyle, CEO of Hunt and Full. Um, known him since 2006. And uh, he reached out and said, um, yo, we want to collab with you and Tim on your guys' YouTube channel. We want to kind of help grow our YouTube channel. We've watched your guys' stuff. You're doing cool stuff. What do you think about maybe joining forces with us and giving away a bear hunt. And, you know, my first question was, well, who are we giving the bear hunt away to? And he's like, oh, we can give away it to like one of your subscribers. And I was like, say no more. We're in just like that. And uh, so that was about a year before we actually did the trip, which was great for us. We got to plan. We got to also watch their footage from the year prior, which was nice that they had vetted the hunt and told us, hey, Literally, you're going to Paradise, and that's the name of our YouTube video that we made on this trip was Paradise. And I was like, man, this sounds too good to be true. But knowing Jared for so long, stand-up guy, like straight shooter, I was in, and then I just picked up the phone and called you. Yeah, how cool? I mean, you know Jared, but I only knew Jared from a little bit. But how cool was Jared? And uh, like hunting fool. I like what they got going on, man. I think it's really, they're doing good things for just helping people. Like Jared basically expressed to me at one point on the way back, he's like, you know, I've been thinking all trip, you asked me at the beginning of this trip, what do I want people to take away from this and this video? And he's like, and this is to paraphrase what Jared said, but you could see, I wish I had a recorder on him, but he just was spitting fire and he was saying, I basically want to help people have more fun and figure out why they're out there and just like foster more of that within the hunting community. He, yeah, that's probably spot on. You know, Jared is a guy who's been hunting for so long and he, I don't know anyone who's killed more bears than him personally in this lifetime. I haven't met anyone more serious about bears with a bow, but he could care less I mean, absolutely. Like he hunted one day on the hunt. He was there to make sure that everybody got an opportunity and that they were having a good time. And I felt like he was, what's the right word to describe somebody who is like just on, like never off. Like he was the last one to go to bed. (laughs) He was the first one to wake up, coffee, 
always in great spirits and always just amping and elevating everyone's experience the entire time. So yeah, that was a great part was just watching Jared be Jared, which I hadn't had a chance to really be around him in a hunting camp situation. Uh, that's like one guy you definitely want in camp if you want to have a good time. Selfless, not selfish. He was there to help everybody else before himself. And we had to poke at him. We're like, dude, you need to go hunt. Yeah. And he just kept helping others, helping others. And he finally got to get out on his own. And it was cool, man. Well, Alaska, dude, big ass views. Welcome back to Alaska. What'd that feel like? That was my, I did the math. It was my fifth time to Alaska, but it felt like my first time because we were in a part of Alaska I had never experienced. You know, we were just somewhere south of, let's say like Homer-ish. I mean, not right there, but in that general vicinity, that drive from Anchorage to Homer, put it on your bucket list, put it on your to-do list, folks. And then um, I kept telling the camera the entire time was, you guys got to come do this. Like you need to do this hunt. And I've been telling everybody that since we've gotten back, Alaska is wild. It's untamed. It's still pretty darn pure. It's a long ways from anything. I've really got the bug to go back after this trip. Like I had taken a 12 year break from Alaska and that was my first time back. It felt like my first time at the time of this. I, I feel like, when can I go again? Like I need to plan my next time. Yeah. And I don't know if we're still in that honeymoon phase because the trip is right near nearby or it was just that good but to me I think it was that good I figured Anchorage like you fly into Anchorage and I was expecting some kind of like mundane city and then you would go out and find Alaska but you're thrown right into the middle of it like you fly into Anchorage and you have mountains everywhere the drive from Anchorage to Homer I don't know that's up there man that's a top five drive for me so that was a fun part of the trip and I would call it a true adventure trip fly to Anchorage, drive to Homer, spend many hours in a boat with some chance you're on a relatively open ocean going to find bears, going to find bears. So it was like a real true adventure trip. Now we get to Homer. Give us a little like, how do we get from Homer to the motherland of bears? So this trip, unlike any other Alaska trip, I mean, there's always legs to trips in Alaska. Like you got to get to Anchorage, or maybe you can fly into Fairbanks, but then you're going to, you're going to downsize to another airplane and get to another location. And then you might even downsize to a cub, or you might hop on a charter boat. Alaska is all about travel. And so if you're not cool with traveling, you don't want to go to Alaska. It's there's levels to it, but uh, this was our last level, you know, commercial air flight, rental car, motel. And then we hopped on this 50 foot charter boat. And these guys are our taxi cab. Like they're literally just taking us and then they uh, drop us off to go hunt. That's like their job. And then we sleep, we live, we breathe on a boat is probably big enough for like maybe six or seven people plus the, you know, a deckhand and a captain. And that's what we had. So we were at max capacity. So there's nowhere to hide. If you don't get along with somebody, it's going to be a long week. We had great people, but it was a good six, seven hour boat ride through some waters that got my sea legs trashed. I mean, I didn't throw up like you twice. Not that I'm keeping track. I darn sure got seasick. And um, I mean, I got the sweats. I got the tunnel vision. I felt nauseous. I had all the medicine and patches and everything you could think of didn't matter. So I'm not a huge fan of that part. I bet we traveled more than we hunted on this trip, but still looking back, 
100% worth it. It adds to the adventure. It's another layer of like, you said it in the nicest way possible. This trip is not for the person that doesn't want some kind of extra travel, extra adventure to get to where you want to be. That was cool. I enjoyed that. It, it was something different for me. To keep it real, a 55 foot boat with the wrong group of people would not be a great trip. You know what I mean? It could go sour really quickly. Fortunately, everyone on our boat was cool. They were chill. We got along really well with the captain. Shout out to Captain... Brandon. Shout out to Captain Brandon Couch. Couch. Brandon. Ninilchik Charters. OG. Really cool. Straight shooter. I appreciated that he wasn't like a bullshitter. I really liked that. The people on the boat, dude, we haven't even talked that much right now yet about how cool the people that we got to bring were. How about Billy and Cage? Jared set it up and this, you know, we're very transparent here on Elk Shape is that he basically set it up to where we could give one hunt away and that they could pick a friend or peer or family member to go on the hunt as well and hunt. So that was like basically an insurance policy where if we picked somebody, because it truly was random, that if they were just weird or didn't get along, they at least have a companion that they could hunt with. And you and I, you know, we, we didn't know these guys at all, but from the second we met them, they fit right in. They were younger than us they were fun they were into having a good time telling jokes but they're also serious about hunting and they were in brand new territory <laughs> uncharted waters their eyes were big you know they're both from montana uh, billy's first time to alaska i can tell you that trip probably impacted him more than he knows and uh, cage had just been to alaska for the first time months prior in the fall but in a completely different area so, uh, these guys i mean they were fun to be around I was rooting for them from the time they stepped on the boat. I really wanted them to have an epic adventure, and that box got checked. Two good old Montana boys. I was rooting for them really, really hard, too. I couldn't have picked a better two people to have on the boat. They were lighthearted. They were independent. They were fun. We could drop them off, and we didn't have to worry about them. Yeah, I honestly didn't know if I was going to be hunting at first. Like, the very first day, I kind of I left my bow on the boat, and I was like, I'm going to go with you guys and help Tim film. And I just wanted to see... What they were like in the you know once we got dropped off on the beaches and stormed Normandy of Alaska and they crushed it they knew what they were doing Cage was uh, he's a younger guy but he's got a ton of experience guiding and he's just you know I just knew right away okay this guy knows what he's doing and he you know Billy's gonna be in good hands and Billy's no you know chip he's no chip off the block like he's a legit hunter as well so after that first day I was like okay these guys are good to go I don't have to hold their hand. I'm going to pick up my bow from that point going forward. And, you know, Billy didn't waste any time. He put a bear down his second, like the first day we got to Alaska, like where we wanted to go, we actually had bad weather. So we just kind of made lemonade out of lemons, just went into a quick little arm, a little, little bay and hunted there. It wasn't the best place to hunt, but we still were able to snoop around and at least get a hunt in. And, and I think that's the thing about Alaska. You need to understand folks is that when you go to Alaska, expect to lose at least one day to weather. It's going to happen, especially coastal Alaska. That's all it does is really rain and storm with little breaks. The chances of your entire hunt being an intermittent break from storms, no, you're going to have a b bad day or two. And, and you know, we still got to hunt on that day, but it wasn't a very good hunt. It wasn't a great place. But when we finally got to where we were supposed to be, which was extremely remote, which is, again, why we wanted to do this hunt. Yes, it was an insane amount of travel. That is the most remote place I've ever been in the world. The hunting reflected that. The fishing reflected that. Yeah, there were mountain goats, bears, and it turns out a few wolves. Wild country. How about Billy's focus? I've never seen anything like that when... 
And you guys, you guys see this on video, but Billy shoots, he keeps his eyes on the bear, he racks out a shell, he takes that shell, sets it aside, racks puts in another shell, puts it in his pocket. Still looking at the bear. eyes on the bear the entire time. Dude, I've never seen anything like it. And he was kind of worried about being on camera. I'm like, Bill, dude, you have a future in the biz if you want it, man. That is amazing. Yeah, and he's left eye dominant. I'm sorry, he's left handed but right eye dominant, and just yeah. used Cage's gun. It was a it was a six five PRC. Put it right behind the shoulder. Bear didn't go twenty. What's funny is those guys actually walked right past you and I, um, and said, "Hey, we want to go up this drainage more. Is that cool?" And we're like, "Absolutely," you know. And it seemed like we heard the gunshot maybe an hour later. It was great. Bill Bill drew blood first, kind of set the precedent, and then the very next day, that's when the momentum started really rolling. We got onto the big boat. And Cage spotted a bear on shore, big bear, great opportunity. And we stocked in, Cage and I did together. It was a all out bomb squad. Things go from zero to 60 very fast. Everyone's hanging out and then it's bear, the bear alarm sounds and it's waiters. It's get to the shore as fast as possible. But this was a perfect stocking opportunity for Cage. The bear was on the shoreline eating grass, doing what they do. And he and I snuck the shoreline. He closed that final bit of distance. You see what happened on video, but it was a really great opportunity. And he was just at full draw for a long time. And I'm not here to make excuses for anyone. Bow hunting is hard. And that opportunity just didn't turn out his way. Yeah, I respect Cage because when I talked to him prior to the hunt, I was like, hey, you're bringing a gun for Billy to use because Billy's a rifle hunter. I'm like, and you're bringing a bow. You know, if we're running out of time, do you want to shoot a bear with your your gun? And he said, no, it's bow or bust. And I was like, that should be the name of this video, man. Like that is awesome. And I love that mentality. I have the same mentality is, you know, I don't want to shoot it with the rifle. I got nothing against anyone who does. It's just for me. I want to get as close as possible and definitely got close. Hindsight, looking back, he said it best, you know, maybe he should have let down and regathered himself. Maybe he should have, you know, I don't know. There's a long list of what a should have. The bottom line is he made a phenomenal stock on a phenomenal bear. And it just didn't work out. And that bear's good to go. Maybe he'll have a future date with it. I don't, I don't know. But we keep it real here on the YouTube channel at Elk Shape. Like, we don't make fake stuff. This is how it happened. This is bow hunting. We're not perfect. Either are you. Things don't always work out. But I think that bear's fine. You know, I think Cage just got even more determined. And you know what? He's a young guy, man. I remember you being in my early 20s. And there's a lot of lessons to be learned. And guess what? I'm still learning them, man. He held his composure through... I was filming. I had the easy job, right? And Cage held his composure a couple of times. That bear jumped up. He just did a really good job. You were left back on the boat, right? You got to watch with your binos. Yeah. It was and about 600 yards away yeah, on the boat. Unique perspective. But as soon as I jammed back, we jammed out. And uh, you can take it from there. Yeah, man, I'll be honest. He saw that bear. We got done fishing. And I'm the kind of guy who, like, can we please hurry up the fishing? I want to go bear hunting. I didn't come to Alaska to fish. And I didn't mind the fishing. I think everyone got my drift. I made it real clear, like, hurry up, catch your limits. I want to bear hunt as much as possible. And that's just me, man. You know, I just love hunting that much. So we finally got done fishing and we roll into that. I was actually on the back of the boat glassing before cage. Like, I was looking at every beach. And he just happens to, like, look at the one beach I hadn't glassed yet and with that naked eye he sees that giant bear and that's the best bear of the trip and I was like I was happy I'm so happy for you Cage that you saw that so it was his bear but then you guys had to like literally like I don't even know if you had waiters on like everyone just grabbed their stuff and it seemed like everyone but me jumped on the boat I'm not jumping on this boat like there's already six people plus Brandon going after this one bear I don't I'm gonna stay back and so I just decided to stay back well that was a good decision and a bad decision good decision I got to 
watch. I stayed out of the way on the other end. So you guys didn't know what kind of hit you made on the bear. You don't have a laptop. You can't tell on that little LCD screen on your camera where the hit was. As far as you guys know, you hit them good. I mean, there was blood. And so you guys spent four hours looking for that bear. Guess what I did for four hours? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> Sitting on that boat. So by the time you radioed and said, hey, Dan, we didn't find it. We're coming up. What do you want to do? I'm like, get your ass back to this boat. We're going to get dropped off at the other arm of the bay. I mean, you came back, had hardly any time. I don't even know what you did. I think maybe you grabbed a snack and then we got on the skiff and Brandis took us to the next arm of a tidal flat. And then we proceeded to hunt for about 10 minutes. Yeah, it got real. Captain Brandon dropped us off, got together, got to the shoreline, lost a little bit of weight on the shoreline because going on the boat is not as fun. Never did, never (laughs) will. I'm a land number two kind of guy. Yeah. So we went land number two, had a little powwow, got a plan together. Dan said, hey, we're basically going to still hunt our way around the bay. I loved it. There's nothing but beautiful shoreline with tidal flats that were changing. And we just crested the corner. And I mean, I, I was a little bit like, wow, there's the there's a bear. As soon as we rounded a corner. First corner we rounded. First ca- that, that's first not corner. an exaggeration. And I kind of had an, a suspicion like that because it was chartreuse green grass growing and it was kind of like a little mini lake inside a tidal flat. And it was very protected out of the wind. You couldn't see it from like no other hunters could see it. Like you had to kind of like snoop around, peek around the corner. And sure enough, there's a bear there. That makes sense. That's where I would be if I was a bear. And the bear was just sitting there crushing, mowing down grass. And if you've never seen a way a bear eats grass, it's incredible. He doesn't just nibble at it. He aggressively bites it like he's trying to rip its head off. And that bear was full throttle feeding and we had an awesome crosswind and there was only one part of the stock where like if we get to that point and we haven't been winded this bear is good as dead I remember we kind of just kind of hauled buns you got your camera rolling we made it around that corner and dipped in and I looked at you and you were right over my shoulder and I was like this bear's fate is sealed from that point I had about 30 40 more yards to cover you found a sweet spot to set up you got kind of going on your camera and, and I just I remember I dialed to 40 on my bow thinking I'm going to get to at least 40. And then I remember when I finally got to about the spot I wanted to shoot him from, given the terrain topography, I ranged him. He was 41 and a half. And I looked at my bow and it was at 40. And I just took one big step forward. He presented this amazing, slightly quartering away shot where I could aim for the middle of the middle and have a good. And so I just, I remember drawing, settling, and the bear wasn't really moving that much, which is really hard to get a bear to hold still ever anywhere. He was kind of holding his ground and looking at where I wanted to hit, blurred the pin and kept pulling and the shot broke really fast. I actually saw the arrow go right where I was aiming and it made that beautiful, like an arrow going through a watermelon, just like that hollow. And then the bear reared and tried to almost bite at what just hit him. And then he took probably six, seven bounds. And then I saw him, I could hear him kind of crashing and thrashing and I heard the death moan. Now the wind was jamming. I don't know if you could hear it from where you were at, but I heard the death moan immediately. And I think it was like elapsed time, 10 seconds and that bear was dead. And then we reconvened and you're like, Hey, let's go find that bear. And for me, that, that was a really fun memory was to walk up to that bear And you're like, okay, let's go track it. Because what happened is this bear got just out of our sight and tumbled. We didn't see where it tumbled to, where it went. We knew it was out of our sight and Dan heard a death moan. And I took three steps from the arrow. Arrow analysis was amazing. It was opened up. There was hair on it. It was a complete pass through. It looked good. We took three full steps and I looked and to my right and I said, Dan, is that your bear? 
And that's what it was. It was right there. We, uh, I had you kind of guess the yardage since you're the golf pro and you said 12 yards. So he went 12 yards from where I shot. Feels good to do like an awesome stock together, get it on camera to clutch up, make a good shot for you to clutch up and get the footage. Like, you know, there's a lot of pressure that we put on ourselves just because we want to do a good job for our viewers and we want to just kind of lead from the front. It felt good to do all that and, and get that bear broken down together was fun. Looking at the bear when I when I finally like pulled him out of the bushes and stuff. He was a beautiful big bear. That was a bigger bear than I thought. First glance, I didn't think it was a monster. Judging bears is difficult. He didn't have the belly that uh, Cage's bear had. He he definitely looked mature and I wasn't going to be too picky. You know, anything f- six feet, I'm shooting in Alaska. But when we finally broke him down, dude, like realizing his right side had been injured in the past. Like he had a massive wound above his elbow and his right arm was completely atrophied. And then when I was watching the footage back home, I noticed that his right leg never touched the ground. He'd take his paw and he'd like turn it up and never put weight on it. There was like Mm. some sort of injury, which I think was why it made his shoulders look smaller, like almost sowish. And I think he had a lot of atrophy on that right Mm -hmm. side. I remember not being able to get hardly any meat off his right arm. Can't get a ton of meat off bear's arms anyways, but his left arm was significantly more developed. So it was nice to shoot a big old mature bear, but that bear was at least 10 years old. His skull was huge. He was over 18, which is really big for that area. He had no fat on him. Like he probably had just come out of his den and we were done in 10 minutes. That took 10 minutes from about the time we started hunting. Old bear, big bear, even more impressive. It was, it was impressive when we were dragging it. It took two of us to haul it, but even more impressive when we saw its skull lined up to a bunch of really nice bears. And the only bear that was a little bigger was, I mean, frankly, a really big bear. Do you remember the measurement on the skull? Uh, yeah, so my bear was just over 18. And then one of the other hunters shot a really big bear, but his head just wasn't as big as mm-hmm. mine. And that's just bears, man. It's like, just bears. It's just, who cares? Honestly, I don't care. I don't get wrapped up in any of that. I love, to me, the trophy for me is like that free, that still frame of, you know, you having the bear and me in the same frame at full draw. Like that's what we work for. That's why we do this channel, like delayed gratification, like working hard and then having it pay off, you know, that's what it's all about. Yeah. I mean, it only took us what, maybe a hundred ish videos published to have a real first true, like grand experience. Yeah. Definitely. And I think, you know, there'll be more to come, but I mean, realistically, we're, we're diehard hunters. The camera doesn't get the nod or the priority when it comes to elk hunting. Elk hunting is sacred and we're, I don't know if we'll ever get like over the shoulder, amazing elk footage, um, but bears, yeah, that's definitely possible. And it was fun. Well, I think we should wrap up. It wouldn't be fair if we didn't talk about a little brief hunt that I had after this. Basically, Dan, as when we got up there, talked to Dan and Jared, we had a little powwow. My plan was not to get a tag. So I did not go up with a weapon. I did not go up with an intent to hunt. I was just going to be a really good cameraman. And we got to Fred Meyer and we're like, well, maybe you should have a bear tag. And I'm like, well, I don't mind buying one because it's an extra bear. More bears is more better. And if I get a chance to hunt, that's cool. If I don't, it won't hurt my feelings. We struck off like, I don't know, was it the next evening together? Yeah. Yeah, yeah the, we had the last day. The next evening together, we kind of all spread out. You, Cage, and I, we were just surrounding this point looking for bears. And I circled back to find you, found you. You and I are talking a little bit. You and I are just talking. And you say, bear, bear alarm. Bear comes out, tree line, what happened? That, that bear was sus. I mean, he was 
totally um, just nervous. He's acting straight up like bears act. There's a bigger bear in the area. It wasn't like he had the, like he just, he felt like his vibe was like he was on someone else's turf and he knew it. Like he could not get comfortable and just start mowing down grass. So he was very just here, there, everywhere. But then he finally kind of settled into a nice area. You had to reposition one time. So we moved all the cameras over. He was under 200 barely. And he came out. And I mean, um, to me, you know, I'm telling Tim, shoot that bear right now. Like you got a PRC 28, it's dialed to 200. You need to shoot this bear now. And looking back, I just don't know if you actually wanted to shoot this bear because you could have shot him, I think, six ways to Sunday at that one point. Yeah, there's a grass or blade here, there in the way. Bottom line is that thing was dead. And then you did not shoot during that window of time. I think you finally were like, got enough looks at him where you're like, yeah, I do want to shoot him. Kudos to you for having patience and understanding what you know. You really want to look him over. But by the time you made that decision, he made the decision based on his body language that I think he got a whiff of another bear in the near. And, and he you didn't just like tell, something. He's like, oh, I got to get out of here. You're like, all right, Dan, are you on him? And I'm like, yeah. But he was just like going I through the pull, crap. I started pulling the trigger when he was on the log. He come on that log, that I last little one. I started pulling the trigger and he took a step. And then that was that was the fatal goodbye. I went into the trip not expecting to shoot a bear and we still had one more day. So at that point in the trip, maybe greedy, maybe whatever. But I didn't mind, I guess, trying to wait to see what would come. We were finding bears all over. It was game rich. I guess I didn't realize our Friday was going to be pretty shit and get like Mm -hmm. we didn't. Friday was not a full hunt day. It was not a hunt day. We had to force our will. Yeah. On our charter. Like, hey, taxi cab, we're hunting in the morning. We're not fishing. Yeah. And he was like, uh, okay. Looking back, I mean, after that bear left, I was pretty convinced. Like, there's some funny clips on there of me kind of getting on your ass for not shooting the bear. Yeah. Um, looking back, I really expected a big bear to step out any second. Like that bear, if you guys are watching that, pay attention to his behavior, his body language. He is very beta and there. He makes it look like there's an alpha waiting to pop out and I, I I was expecting a big bear to step out I just never did yeah it never happened and uh I guess it's that old thing like you have your opportunity and you want to do it don't wait and don't delay if you're happy with it pull the trigger I don't know it was a weird spot for me because I didn't expect to shoot a bear on that trip so I don't know it was it was in a weird spot I just didn't feel forced to pull the trigger and I kind of wanted to milk it and I'm still I'm okay with that decision looking back it was weird I didn't we didn't shoot but it was another cool bear and counter just circling up a great trip i don't think it would be fair if we didn't talk more about the fishing because you spend half your time fishing yeah dan not fish fit dan elk shape right you, you like to hunt i enjoyed the fishing side of it if you were to hunt all day long 18 hour days fishing breaks that up and i know our captain strategy was like hey let's get these guys every amount of fish we can every day so they go home with as much as they can as far as fish goes because for some people that's a real haul like to bring home 50 to 100 pounds of fish i mean it is a real haul for me like i have 50 pounds of fish well probably 48 now we have more fish in our diet it's pretty cool but but i came there to bear hunt not fish i fish alaska you know if i were to go back it's cool but i like salmon more than anything and it was just still pretty early for al halibut it was early there the kings weren't running yet that trip could be really cool if folks lined it up late june when bears are still open and you were catching this you know the beginnings of some of the salmon runs you know that could be a riot but yeah so 
basically it was bottom fishing. We're ripping jigs, catching fish, catching rockfish, catching halibut. Cod. I, cod. I think one thing that may be a little under talked about was our captain put us in really good spots. Right? Almost it, every cast you could catch a fish. And I'm not sure if that's like the norm. <laughs> I don't think it is the norm. I think we were in really good spots. Captain knew what he was doing yeah. for sure. That's about all I got. Is there anything you want to add? Alaska 2022 amazing trip shout out to hunt and fool thank you guys for thinking of us and uh, we look forward to making more cool stuff like this with hunt and fool and and people in the future yeah I'd say guys life is short get to Alaska like prioritize it and you won't regret it yeah do the adventure hunt that you want to do and Alaska is as good as as good as any of them all right friends hopefully you enjoy that little sit down combo with Tim. I met Tim just a couple years ago on this podcast as he was a guest. Uh, A friendship bonded. He started working out together, started shooting bows, started filming together and then one thing led to another and now we basically are partners on the YouTube and we make cool stuff for you guys. We appreciate your support. You got a lot of options when it comes to podcasts. I mean an overwhelming, saturated amount of podcasts. Thanks for choosing ours. It means the world. Separations in the preparation. We'll catch you on the next one.